Welcome to Main Menu for the week of January 31 through February 6, 2014. I'm your host, David Tanner, and it is very good to have you with us here on Main Menu this week. We have quite a jam-packed show for you today. We have first the folks from GW Micro Training Department, headed by Jeremy Curry, and Jeremy and his crew come to us today with the first of a two-part series on introducing you to the new window eyes for microsoft office users and this will be the first week and we'll introduce you to what you need uh, to use the new window eyes for microsoft office and get you started and show you some of the uh, basics of using window eyes and we will have the second part next week uh, it was a little too long to fit all into our program for this week, and we do greatly appreciate GW Micro for allowing us to rebroadcast this here on Main Menu today. And then after that, we have David Woodridge coming to us, and David's going to show us and tell us about how to use your iPod Nano 6th generation as a wristwatch. That's a kind of interesting thing and I think you'll find it quite an interesting demonstration. That's all here on Main Menu today. We hope you have a great week and we'll see you back here again next week on Main Menu. All of us here on the Main Menu team consider your thoughts, questions, suggestions, and any other feedback that you may have very important. To interact with us on the show, you can send an email to mainmenu at acbradio.org. That's mainmenu at acbradio.org. If you would like to find past show archives and more information about Main Menu, you can visit our website at mainmenu.acbradio.org. If you would like to interact with us on Twitter and see all the latest show news, you can follow us by visiting www.twitter.com slash mainmenu or by following at mainmenu. If you would like to receive show announcements in your inbox and interact with other Main Menu listeners, you can subscribe to the Main Menu Friends mailing list by sending a blank email to mm-friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. That's mm-friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. If you're interested in other ACB Radio programming besides Main Menu, you can learn more about ACB Radio by visiting www.acbradio.org. If you would like to receive Main Menu as a weekly podcast, you can do so by subscribing to the Main Menu podcast feed with the URL http slash slash mainmenu.acbradio.org slash rss.php. You can also hear us by subscribing to Main Menu in the iTunes store or by finding us in the iBlink radio app made by Serotech for iOS and Android-powered devices. Finally, 
We are heard on radio reading services from all over the world. The radio reading service in your state or country may already be carrying main menu every week. If you would like to receive announcements about the latest ACB radio programming news, including main menu, you can subscribe to the ACB radio announce-only mailing list by sending an email to announce-subscribe at acbradio.org. That's announce-subscribe at acbradio.org. Finally, if you would like to interact with listeners of all ACB radio programs, you can subscribe to the ACB radio friends list by sending a blank email to friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. Anytime that you have any comments, questions, or suggestions that you would like us to hear, please get in touch with us. This training webinar, titled New to Windowize, Transitioning from Another Screen Reader, was recorded by GW Micro on January 22, 2014. My husband's been trying to get me to switch to Windowize for the past 20 years, um, even though we've only been married for a year, but that's not the point. Um, I've known him forever, and he's been trying to get me to switch for a long time. And um, so now is the time, because I think that in employment, these days, it's our responsibility to know how to use these things, so I'm, I'm making the switch. Um, I am not loading another screen reader at startup. Um, I am loading Windowize, and uh, there are learning curves, and there are some frustrating ones, and then there are some rewarding ones. So it's, I think as I use it, it'll get easier. So it's good to see you here, too. It is a great offer. And at this point, I'm going to go ahead and pass the microphone back to one of the other moderators so we can move forward with today's webinar. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate that uh, overview. For those of you who are not familiar uh, with the GW Micro staff, that was Mark Solomon. He does both sales and training, and uh, he does a fantastic job. So uh, for anyone interested in custom training, Mark does our remote custom training where you can actually log into your computer, be with you on the phone, and it's just like him sitting in front of the uh, same machine that you're at. So details on that if you want to check out those services at gwmicro.com slash training. So welcome everybody. I'm Jeremy Curry. I'm the uh, director of training here for GW Micro. Also with us are um, Doug Joffrey. Doug, do you want to say a hello here real quick? Oh, you caught me off guard. Didn't even have my headset on. Hello everyone. Happy to be on board. So Doug is the uh, G and GW Micro. He's our lead developer. Also with us here is Dan Wyrick. I think he might have access to his mic. Dan, do you want to say a quick hello? Hello. That was pretty quick. <laughs> Glad that you're all here today. This has uh, been a great week. So that was Mr. Dan Wyrick. He's the W and GW Micro. So if you ever wondered what the GW stands for in GW Micro, it's not George Washington, contrary to popular belief. It's for Mr. Doug Joffrey and Dan Wyrick. Also with us is Stephen Clower with uh, Tech Support. Steve, do you want to say a quick hello? Sure. Hello, everyone. Uh, Stephen Clower here, obviously, in support. If you've called GW Micro or sat on our hold system, I'm sure you've heard me um, do our commercials endlessly. I'm also the guy on the audio tutorial. So uh, glad to see you all here, and I uh, hope today's training is useful. Awesome. Thank you very much. So here's the agenda for today. We're going to try and keep this within an hour, but I, I'm, I'm going to imagine we're probably going to go a little bit over today. Um, 
so what we want to do is kind of go through some basic things in regards to making the transition from other screen readers to window eyes and give you some tips and tricks and some things that you may not know about. Uh, so those are the things that we want to go over and I'll talk about the learning objectives in just a bit. And after we do that, we want to open up the floor for questions. Uh, GW Micro is known for its excellent support and we've got a really um, good sized community. We're all very close knit. And so we want to make sure that uh, you're able to kind of experience that as well. And so we've got uh, not only our two co-owners here, but we've also got support as well as training and, and sales. So we've kind of got the, the mix here, so hopefully we will be able to answer your questions uh, regardless of whatever they are. So thank you so very much for coming. Um, what I'm going to do next is I'm going to actually uh, share my desktop here with the audience. So if any of you are CITES, you'll actually be able to see what's going on, but obviously everyone's going to be able to hear me as well as window eyes. So if you give me just one second, I'm going to start that desktop streaming. So I'm going to relinquish the mic for just one moment and I'll be right back. And while Jeremy is firing up desktop streaming, I thought I'd help out here and go over some of our learning objectives for the structured curriculum. Our first objective is to identify the differences between the retail version of window eyes and the window wise available through the offer for users of Microsoft Office. Number two, we want to identify the differences between Windows and Windowwise keyboard shortcuts. We're also going to learn how to access and use the Windowwise control panel to customize Windowwise. We're going to learn how to adjust speech on the fly so we can make Windowwise sound just the way you like it. We're going to learn about Windowwise apps and how they can help you and make your computer more accessible and easier to use. We're going to understand how to use the insert key layout. And we're also going to learn how to use the JAWS Quick Key app. So those are some of the learning objectives that we've set forth for today's webinar training. Thank you very much, Mark. It's a huge help. Um, Again, we're going to open this up for questions at the end, so if you've got questions, you can put them in the chat box and we'll try and answer them. Um, I do see one um, chat window already that uh, is up here and asking if these are going to be archived. Yes, these are going to be archived, so if you want to go back and listen to them later or share them, then uh, these will definitely be archived for you. Recycle bin list view one of GW, recycle bin one of 10. All right. So, um, Mark talked about the different learning objectives that we have, and the first one that he mentioned was um, about the difference between the retail version of Windowwise Eyes and uh, Window Eyes available, the offer for uh, users of Microsoft Office. So the first thing I want to note is that all of these differences are available at the Frequently Asked Questions link of FAQs at www.windoweyes4office.com, windoweyes4office.com, and I assume most of you have probably been there already. But just to recap what those five differences are, because we get lots of questions about this, because people are saying, is this the same as a retail version? Yes, it is identical to the retail version with the exception of these five things. So number one, uh, with the retail version, you get an installation CD. You do not get that with the free version, although you can order one if you want to. Um, the, so the installation CD, number two, is the Braille and large print hotkey guide. comes with the retail version. That does not come with the free version. You can purchase that, though, if you want. The third one is GW Connect. That's our Skype client, our accessible Skype consistent uh, client 
so the consistent user interface. That um, is in an ad-free mode with the retail version of Window Eyes. It's in sponsored mode when using the free version. Again, you could buy the ad-free version if you wanted to. The next one is the uh, synthesizers. So by default, eSpeak and the Microsoft Speech Platform come with the free version of Window Eyes via the offer. Uh, those also come with the retail version, but the retail version also contains Vocalizer Expressive, Eloquence, which probably most of you are from very familiar with, and then DeckTalk Access 32. All of those can be purchased as well. So if you want something besides eSpeak or the Microsoft Speech platform, you can certainly go ahead and purchase those items. The last one is technical support. If you own the retail version of Windowize, you get unlimited incidents and can ask us uh, any support question that you want that's related to Windowize. Um, with the free version via the offer, support is free for installation. It supports free for installation only. Beyond that, we have two different technical support plans. If you want to pay for one incident of, uh, tech, su of tech support, it's uh, 25 US dollars, and I'm talking just for the US. This may not apply to outside of the US. And then for multiple incidents, we have a 12-12 plan, meaning 12 months or 12 incidents, whichever comes first. And that plan is a total of 99 US dollars. Again, inside the US, that could vary if you're in a different country outside of the US. So just to recap those differences, the installation CD, the Braille slash large print hotkey guide, ad-free experience with GW Connect, the uh, synthesizers, and the technical support. Those are the only five differences between the free version as well as the uh, retail version. Uh, there, you can also run SAPI uh, and hardware synthesizers if you have them uh, with either version. So I, I'm just assuming I'm talking about the ones that are actually shipping with uh, not ones that you may already own. So if you already own those and they're unlocked, you should be able to use those with window eyes. So if it's not one of those five differences, it's going to be the same. So for example, lots of people have been asking, does window eyes work with anything besides Office? The answer is yes, because the retail version does. It's not one of those five things. So it works with web browsing and um, just Windows in general and all sorts of other things. Um, another question we get is, um, does uh, Windows uh, have remote assistance built in? Does it work with the free version? The answer is it works with the retail version, so it works with the free version. So if it's not one of those five things, it's going to work. So again, you can find those five things at uh, windoweyesforoffice.com. windoweyesforoffice.com. The next thing I want to talk about, just to kind of start um, talking about hotkeys and things, a lot of times people will call us and say, well, does this hotkey work in window eyes? And the answer to that is it kind of depends. Um, it could be any hotkey. I'm going to use one specifically. We'll say Windows key and the letter D or the Windows key and the letter M. So Windows Delta or Windows M as in mother both take you to the desktop. And the answer to that question, if somebody said, I'm using another screen reader, do those take me to the desktop and window eyes? The answer is yes. 
And the reason is those are Microsoft keystrokes. They're not specific to a screen reader. So if I want to go to the desktop in Windowize, I can simply do Windows key D or Windows key M, and it's going to take me to the desktop. Recycle bin one of ten. So those are Microsoft keystrokes. Many of the keystrokes that you're familiar with are likely Microsoft keystrokes, and that means they work for anybody. If you're using assistive technology or not using assistive technology, they're still going to function. For example, if I turned off Window Eyes and every other screen reader and pressed Windows key and the letter M, I'm still going to go to the desktop. So it's very important to know the difference between a screen reader keystroke and a Window Eyes, or excuse me, and a Microsoft keystroke. And I'll try and point those out as we go through uh, these different items. So the very first one that I want to talk about, the very first hotkey or keystroke that I want to talk about is how to access the window eyes control panel. Um, this assumes that you're running the uh, default configuration or the default keyboard layout for window eyes. If you want to open the window eyes control panel, you can press control backslash. Note that the backslash is not the same thing as forward slash. Your backslash is typically above your enter key. So I'm going to do a control backslash. Settings you keyboard close 2 of 13 tree view depth 1. Dialog window eyes active explorer dot set associated explorer dot set. And that automatically opened up the window eyes control panel. Now I've got my advanced options turned on so you may hear something different than what you hear with your window eyes um, because you're hearing a little bit more information. But control backslash is going to open up the window eyes control panel. Now you may ask how do you access the various items? Well the window eyes control panel consists of a menu bar, it consists of a tree view and then several buttons. So if I want to get to the menu bar, I'm going to press my alt key just like I would access the menu in any other application. File left pull down. There's a file menu. If I press right arrow, apps are pulled down. There's an apps menu where all of the window eyes apps are located. And if I press my right arrow again, help H pull down. There's my help menu. Suppose I want to go into the help menu. I could have either pressed Alt H because you noticed it gave us the hotkey of H, or I'm here now so I can press enter. Documentation D pull down. And so I can up and down arrow through this particular menu. Now you hear documentation pull down. That's where the window eyes manual is located. Uh, if I down arrow, remote assistance are pulled down. There's remote assistance. That's where it's located. I'm going to down arrow a few times here. Speech and tip of the deck. Error report. Show advanced options. V checked. It says show advanced options. Mine is checked. I'm going to press enter on that just to uncheck those. Menu but closed. if you want to close two of seven. Toggle advanced options on or off. You would simply go into the help menu, down arrow to advanced options, and press enter on it. So those are the three menu items. File apps and help. And I'm not going to go into those in detail because that would probably take up um, most of our hours, but I want to make sure that you at least know how to access them. Next is the tree view available in Window Eyes. And so when I've got advanced options turned off, my very first item in the tree view is screen closed one of seven. So this is the settings tree view and my first item is screen. This is the the node. So if I down arrow, keyboard closed two of seven. The next one is keyboard. If I keep down arrowing, mouse closed three mouse, of seven. Hotkeys closed four of seven. Keys, general closed five general, of seven. Braille closed six of seven. Braille devices closed seven devices. Of seven. I'm gonna go ahead and up arrow till I get back to the top. Screen closed one of seven. It says screen and it says closed one of seven. Before I open this, I'm gonna tab around here so you can see what else is here. I'm gonna tab. 
Save settings as button. There's save settings, so I could save my window eyes settings. Minimize M button. I can minimize the window eyes control panel, and if I tab again. Settings E screen closed one of seven tree view depth one. I'm back to the tree view, so you can see I tab to those various buttons. I'm going to go ahead and open up the screen uh, node here, so I'm going to press my right arrow to open that up. Screen expanded one of seven two items. It says screen expanded, it no longer says closed, and it says it's got two items. So if I down arrow before I heard keyboard, this time... Voice one of two, depth two. There's a sub-item there, so the first item is voice. Well, you remember when I pressed tab before, I was tabbing to uh, buttons that were in the right-hand pane, because the tree view is in the left-hand pane. All of the options for each tree view node are in the right-hand pane. Well, I was just on the main node before, so I didn't actually get to any options. I just got to the Save Settings and Minimize buttons. Now that I'm actually on a node, I can press Tab. Make the keyboard and mouse voices match the screen. Voice checkbox checked. There's a checkbox here that says make all of the voices, uh, basically make all the voices the same. So if I continue to Tab here. Rate 30 up, down, edit box. I'm going to adjust the voice for the screen keyboard and mouse voice, which we haven't yet talked about. But... Um, I'm going to set the rate. I could type in a rate. I could up and down arrow. If I continue to tab, pitch three up down edit box. I could set the pitch, tabbing again. Tone up down edit box. Set the tone. Volume four up down edit box. I could set the volume. So these are the options for the items in the uh, without the advanced options turned on within the voice uh, node of the uh, window as control panel. If I keep tabbing, save settings as button. They should sound familiar. There's save settings. Minimize M button. Minimize. Settings E voice one of two tree view depth two. And then I'm back to the settings tree view again. So I can tab to all of these items. Additionally, if I want to toggle back and forth between the left hand pane and the right hand pane, I can press F6. So if I press function key number six. Make the keyboard and mouse voices match the screen. Voice checkbox checked. Now I'm in the right pane. If I press F6 again. Settings E voice one of two tree view depth two. I'm in the left pane. Additionally, there are some other things you should know here. If I want to learn about what is in the left-hand pane here, I can simply press F1. Window Eyes 8.4 Beginner Manual. Screen closed one of seven tree view depth three. And the Window Eyes Manual just opened up specifically to that option. So this is really cool. You press F1 on that item, and you go directly to the manual right for that item. I'm going to press Alt F4 to close that. Settings eVoice 1 of 2 tree view depth 2. I'm going to go ahead and tab back over to one of the options here. So I'm going to tab. Make the keyboard and rate 30 up down edit box. Okay, rate. Well, what if we didn't know what rate did? Whenever I'm in the right hand pane, so I'm not in the tree view, I'm in the right hand pane on one of the options. If I press F1, it's going to tell me or what that uh, item does. So I'm going to go ahead and press function key number one. Enter a number between one and 100 to set the screen voice rate. The higher the number, the faster the voice, the lower the number, the slower the voice. And it tells me what that item does. So if you ever have questions about what something does and you're in that right-hand pane, just press F1. You're immediately going to hear that information. You don't have to close anything. It's just a tooltip that pops up on the screen, and Window Eyes reads that tooltip. So there's just a brief introduction to the uh, Window Eyes control panel. I'm going to go ahead and F6 back over to Settings voice one of two, tree view, depth two. Tree view and press left arrow. Screen expanded one of seven, two items, depth Notice one. Notice it says it's still expanded. I'm going to press left arrow again. Screen closed one of seven. Now it's closed. Okay. 
Let's talk about some of the hotkeys that will adjust some of the items in the control panel, such as the volume, tone, pitch, or rate of whatever synthesizer you happen to be using. I'm actually using uh, Vocalizer Expressive here, or Vocalizer or Vocalizer Expressive, one of the two, uh, but you might be using eSpeak or the speech platform or something else. So if I did uh, Control-Alt-Left arrow, tone, you hear tone, Pitch, pitch, rate, rate, volume, volume, volume will actually be the first one that you hear normally. I was already on it before. So I can do control, left arrow, and it's going to rotor me through volume, tone, pitch, rate, volume, tone, pitch, and rate. So the default is actually set to rate. If I want to adjust one of these, volume, tone, pitch, rate, after I do control, alt, left arrow, and again, I'm not pressing control and alt every time. I'm actually holding down control and alt and just tapping my left arrow. So let's suppose I want to adjust the rate, so I'm holding down Control and Alt, tap my left arrow, volume, tone, pitch, rate, I'm on rate. If I want to decrease that, I continue to hold down Control and Alt, I don't let up on them, and I tap my down arrow key. All voices rate 29. You hear it say all voices rate, and then it gives you 29. You'll remember that we have from 1 to 100, so I'm kind of slow here. All voices rate 28. All voices rate 27. All voices rate 26. If I want to go back up, I'm continuing to hold down Control and Alt, and I'm tapping my up arrow key. All voices rate 27. All voices rate 28. All voices rate 29. All voices rate 30. If I wanted to go through a bunch of value values at uh, one time, I can do Control Alt, up arrow, and hold it for a second or two. All voices rate 57. You see, I just jumped up to all voices, um, rate 57. Now, suppose I really messed things up and I cannot understand a thing that Window Eyes is saying. Well, I haven't actually saved the changes that Window Eyes has made. Um, so, what I'm going to do is I'm going to press Control Insert F4. Control Insert F4. Default OK button. OK button. Dialog Window Eyes exit. This will shut down Window Eyes. Default OK button. Cancel button. So when I press Control Insert F4, it says this will shut down Window Eyes. OK or cancel, and the default is OK. So I'm going to press Enter, and Window Eyes is going to close down on me. You'll actually hear a sound for when it's actually closed all of the way down. There's that sound. This machine that I'm on is a little bit slow, so yours is probably going to be a lot faster than that. I'm going to press Control-Alt-W, which is the hotkey, the default hotkey to start Window Eyes, and you're going to hear sound again, just Control-Alt-W, and Window Eyes is starting. Default, minimize, and button, taskbar. And I'm back to those default settings, so I'm going to do Control-Backslash. Settings E, screen closed, one of seven, tree view, depth one, dialog, Window Eyes, Explorer, dot set. Now, I, just as an FYI, I don't actually have to be in the Window Eyes control panel to use the Control-Alt-Left arrow. I can do that anywhere. It's a global hotkey. But suppose I wanted to save the changes I made. So let's say I do Control-Alt-Left arrow. Volume, tone, pitch, rate. I'm on rate. If I go Control-Alt-Up arrow. All voices rate 31. I'm in the control panel. So if I do a Control-S. S, setting saved. Screen closed, one of seven. It says setting saved. And so now... I'm actually saving that particular rate. So next time I open Window Eyes, it's going to be set at 31 instead of 30. So Control-Alt-Left arrow is going to allow you to adjust the volume, tone, picture rate. What about different voices? And by voices, I'm not talking about synthesizers. Those are something different. What about different voices? Well, Window Eyes has three different voices. It has the screen, keyboard, and mouse voice. And you probably heard those as we were going through the control panel.
If I want to adjust those voices, I could do Control Alt Right Arrow. Screen keyboard mouse. All right, what do those mean? Well, the screen voice. Let's suppose I'm sitting back and listening to an email. That information is coming from the screen, so that would be the screen voice. The keyboard voice. Let's suppose I'm typing hello inside of Microsoft Word, and I'm hearing H-E-L-L-O by default as I typed out the word hello. That would be the keyboard voice. The mouse voice. By default, everything is uh, moved with the, the mouse is, is um, uh, moved around the screen with the number pad with the number lock off. Number lock off. And so if I want to move to the top left, I can do numpad 7. Top left. And we're not going to go through all of the different mouse uh, key commands at this time, but numpad 7 will move the mouse pointer to the top left of the active window by default. And so I could change uh, the mouse voice. So what this means is I could change the volume, the tone, the pitch, or the rate separately for the screen, keyboard, or mouse voices. So before I was changing them all. Uh, we could actually change them separately. So I'm going to do a control alt right arrow. All. So you can hear all. Screen. Keyboard. Mouse. So I did control alt right arrow till I heard mouse. And now I'm going to adjust the pitch of the mouse. Volume. Tone. Pitch. When I make it really high. So I did control alt left arrow to get to pitch. I'm on mouse. Mouse pitch 4. Notice it said mouse pitch 4 this time instead of all voices. So mouse pitch. Mouse pitch. Mouse pitch. Mouse pitch. Mouse, 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 mouse pitch. Set. Mouse pitch. Set. Mouse pitch 4. And you notice my pitch isn't changing on this one because I actually must be running the older vocalizer on here. Um, let's try rate. Rate. Volume. Tone. Pitch. Rate. Mouse rate 32. All right. So there's mouse rate 32. Mouse rate 30. Mouse rate 54. Mouse, 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 mouse rate 59. All right. So you know something speaking much, much faster that is going to be related to the mouse voice. So if I do number pad 9, which takes me to the top right of the active window. Top right. Top left. On right. On left. Top left. You can hear that those are much faster than just my general keyboard closed, two of seven, depth one. Screen voice. Okay. Screen closed, one of seven. And I'm going to press control to silence that. It's the shut up key in case anybody is curious. You can always hit control to silence it. So, control alt right arrow is going to adjust between the screen, keyboard, and mouse voice. All right, next, how do we access the apps menu inside of Windowize? Well, I actually briefly talked about this already. First, you've got to get inside of the Windowize control panel, so control backslash, and you can access the apps menu with alt A. App management to pull down. The first thing you hear is app management. Let's down arrow here. App central up. There's app central. That's where all of our apps are stored. Um, I haven't looked to see what the number is recently, but I, I know there's several hundred different free apps that do all sorts of different things. Um, there are some, some fun ones, there are some for tools, there are some that make applications more accessible, and then Windowize ships with some apps by default. So for example, AppGet, a pull down. AppGet is an app that actually helps you get other apps. You can press um, Windows key and another letter, which we're going to keep secret because that's the answer to our next question. So we're going to talk about AppGet more here in a second but you can use a hotkey to be able to open up AppGet. If I keep down arrowing here, auto-complete a pull-down. There's auto-complete. GW Toolkit G pull-down. GW Toolkit. Hotspot H pull-down. Hotspot, a great way to customize apps, or, or excuse me, customize application. And two that we're going to talk about here in a bit. Insert key layout, I pull-down. The insert key layout, this will really help those of you who are used to um, using another screen reader. 
and then Jaws Quick Key J pull down. The Jaws Quick Key. That's another one that uh, I think is going to be very helpful for you. There are other ones in here, like the Progress Indicator. When you came in the room, you were hearing a Progress Indicator all the time. So Mark told you to press Control Shift Windows Key P to block that. There's help under all of these. Uh, many of these have hotkeys. I'd encourage you to go through these. But Alt A will open up the Apps menu, and if you um, have the default set for window eyes, whenever there is an app available, window eyes is going to start, if you're connected to the internet, it's going to go out and check and see if there's an app update available, excuse me, not an app available, but see if there's an app update available, and if there is, it's going to tell you, and you can say yes to um, checking for updates, you can change how often that actually happens, uh, I leave mine to the default, and so if there's an app available, it'll say which one it is, and you can download it and update it. It's very nice, quick, and easy. So this is where the currently running apps are at. I'm going to press Escape here. Apps are pulled down. Menu closed. Screen closed again. one of seven. All right, so Control Backslash to get into the uh, Windowized Control Panel, and then Alt-A will get you to the Apps menu. Okay, the next one we have is what hotkey is going to actually get you a list of available apps. And that's the one we were talking about with AppGet, which I kind of gave you a little teaser on. So Windows key and the letter G. G is in George. So Windows key and G. Cancel button. Dialog AppGet progress retrieving app list. Please wait. Default cancel button. Progressing. 0%, percent 5%, 10%, 15%, 20%, 25%, 30%, 35%, 75%, 80%, 86%, 91%, 96%. App development 34 closed one of nine tree view depth one. Dialog AppGet. All right, so I pressed Windows key G and it actually went out to the GW Micro website where there's a central repository for all of our apps. And here's a list of all the apps that are divided up into nine categories. So our first category app development 34 closed one of nine is app development communications 11 closed two of nine communications games nine closed three of nine games general 74 closed four of nine general multimedia 13 closed five of nine multimedia productivity 31 closed six of nine productivity program enhancements 36 closed program seven of nine enhancements programming two closed eight of nine programming utilities 63 closed nine of nine and utilities. So this is a tree view. You could go ahead and search all of these manually if you wanted to. Or if you want to find one, this is a cool little tip. You can press Control F. Find up on the Name and edit box. Dialog app find. All right. And I'm going to type in the word uh, smile. S-M-I-L-E. And I'm going to press Enter. Please wait. Dialog app get all apps. One alphabetically smile tree view depth two. All right. So the smile app is something that's kind of cool. Um, because it actually allows you to have a different emoticons um, spoken. I'm going to turn my volume down here just a bit so I don't uh, blow out your ears. Volume. Most, most, most volume 4. Oops. Most, most volume 6. Hold. <laughs> Screen volume 6, keyboard volume 6, mouse volume 5. Eh. Screen volume 5, okay. keyboard volume... I'm not going to be using the mouse that much here, so we should be good. Okay, so the... Um, Smile app is something that's kind of cool because if you have friends that send you emoticons, like they'll do a colon and a right parentheses, you instead of hearing punctuation or nothing at all, if you've got punctuation turned off, this app will actually have smile spoken or sad smile. And if I tab around here, details for smile 1.3D by Winnie's Turkey. I release date November 16, 2008. Last update April 12, 2010. Rating four stars. Description: The script is designed to enable window eyes to read the meanings of smileys when identified. Latest changes added. German support provided by Bernhard Renner. Read only edit box. 
So this is an app that actually we didn't write. Somebody else wrote it and they uploaded it to App Central. You got details about it. You heard that it had a four-star rating. There are also comments about it. So if I tab here. Comments for Smile 1.3C20090607 Regalic is high. Great script. I wonder if you can modify it so that if symbols are next to other text, they can be ignored. For example, drive letters surrounded by parentheses. KL Rita's K smile L smile. These things should be ignored. Other than that, superscript. 20100412 Tratomir, thank you for your encouraging feedback. Raul, I am going to deal with it soon. Read only edit box. So there are some comments that people have had. If I tab. Refresh our button. Contact author A button. Website W button. You can contact the author. You can go to where the website is. Install A button. The default is actually install, and so you could... Press enter on that and actually install this app. But it's a, a very straightforward process. Uh, I just would press enter. Installed apps. I app get version 1.2.3 package app get installed date Monday, January 2020, 14 list view 1 of 27. I'm going to silence that. There's a dialog that comes up and says, here are the files that are included in this app and any other information you might need to know. The default is the install button, so I press enter. Package installed. And install that button. Dialog app get all apps one alphabetically. You don't have to know where it goes. You don't have to know anything uh, about uh, where those files are, are located. It's just automatically installed. So it's that simple to find an app and install it. And so now, I press Settings the screen right here just to show you the, what these apps are. Notepad. Untitled Notepad. And I'm going to do colon. Right paran. Right paran. Smile. And now it says smile. Or if I do colon. Colon. Left paran. Left paran. And I go back up. Sand smile. Sad smile. So there are lots of these different ones that are defined. So now if you're reading an email and somebody didn't actually type out smile, they just put in the punctuation, it'll just read that, that uh, by default. So this is some uh, really handy stuff that I think is, is kind of cool. Save us button. Dialog. Settings E. Screen closed. All right. We're going to talk about two more items here before we opened up for questions. And so the next one is the insert key layout. So if you're used to using a, another screen reader that revolves around the insert key, for example, if it uses the um, number pad to move around, so for example, if, if uh, you're a, a JAWS user that's switching over to window eyes, this insert key layout is basically going to make that layout um, nearly identical. So if you don't want to take the time or don't have the time to learn window eyes keystrokes, although we do recommend that, uh, you can use the insert key layout and you can press control alt zero insert key layout enabled and that toggles it so if I do control alt zero again insert key layout disabled so that will enable it and disable it so if you want to use it or not use it it's up to you it's that simple to change if you want to use the desktop or laptop layout I'm going to do an alt a because I'm in the control panel here app management to pull down and uh, I'm going to down arrow. Actually, I'm just going to press I till I get to insert key layout. I. Help. H dialog. So once I pressed I, it opened up the insert key layout menu. And the first item is help. If I down arrow. Enabled E. This would be checked if it were enabled. If I down arrow again. Keyboard layout. Okay, pull down. Keyboard layout. It's a pull down. So I'm going to press enter there. Desktop. D checked. So desktop. Laptop. L. Or laptop. So I can set this up so I can use the insert key layout in desktop mode or laptop mode. So if you uh, want to continue to use the, the keystrokes that you're very familiar with, uh, this is the way that you can do that. Control Alt Zero toggles it on and off, or you can go into the apps menu and um, be able to enable it there. So I'm going to press Escape. Keyboard layout, okay, pull down. Again. Insert key layout, I pull down. So Control Alt Zero. The next and the last one we're going to talk about here before we open it up for questions is the JAWS Quick Key app. 
And so JAWS Quick Key app, it's different than the insert key layout. The insert key layout basically makes it just like a, a JAWS keyboard layout, so you can use those key commands. But the, um, the JAWS Quick Key, what it does is it allows you to learn the Windowize equivalents. And so I'm going to go down to JAWS Quick Key. JAWS Quick Key J, pull down. And press enter here. Help. H dialog. And the only item we have under here is help. So we could go and read about this. But the hot key to toggle this on or off is insert P as in potato. Insert P as in potato. JAWS apps so Menu close moderator minimized. Screen closed one of seven. Recycle right. bit. And let's go ahead and do insert P. JAWS Quick Key enabled. It says JAWS Quick Key enabled here. So. Now let's go into, let's try Internet Explorer. Taskbar, JAWS Quick Key disabled, Internet Explorer. 48 links, 11 headings, 1 flash object, 4 landmarks. Ne okay. Welcome to GW Micro Internet Explorer. Yes, Y button, dialog, carrot browsing, do you want to turn Karen? Welcome to GW Micro Dash Internet Explorer. JAWS Quick Key enabled. Alright, so I'm going to enable that uh, Quick Key. Page navigation, insert dash tab. So what I did is I enabled the JAWS Quick Key and then I pressed insert F7. So if you know that insert F7 list links inside of uh, JAWS, and I press insert F7 with JAWS quick key enabled. Page navigation, insert dash tab. It says page navigation, that's what we call it, and insert tab is the windowized equivalent. So if I press insert P to turn JAWS quick key off. No defined key. Oops. And then do insert tab. Speak summary, control dash shift dash S. Speak summary, con Speak summary. Control dash shift dash. Sorry, I was pressing no defined key. Either. Jaws quick. Jaws quick key enabled. No defined key. Alright. Taskbar. Jaws quick key disabled. Alright, so now let's try insert tab. Link skip to main content. Default activate link. Links S window eyes list view one of forty seven. Dialog forty seven links. Alright, so now we've got our list of links there. So insert tab is gonna be your same equivalent as insert F seven. So that will uh, be a way that you can learn those keystrokes with uh, the JAWS quick key app. So that's insert P as in potato. So um, I'm gonna press escape to get out of there. And then 47. the uh, Next thing we're going to do here, I know you probably have lots of questions and there's lots of things we could cover, but we only have a certain amount of time. So we're going to go ahead and open it up to questions. Again, we've got our training and support staff here, and uh, we're happy to, to answer any questions that you have. If you want to speak, hold down the control key, and um, I'm going to toss the microphone back over to Mark for a second, and I'm sure he's probably going to uh, go back and forth between taking a voice question and a chat question. So let's go ahead and open it up for questions. Thanks, Jeremy, and great job with that training session there. Hopefully everyone was able to pick up some new knowledge about WindowWise through those helpful questions and answers. Now, this time we're going to go ahead and open up the meeting to questions from the audience, and here's a few ground rules for how this is going to work. We're able to answer questions both that are posted via text chat as well as asked with your microphone. So we're going to go back and forth. We'll go ahead and try to respond to a text chat question. And then we'll open the microphone up for an audio question and we'll just go back and forth until we've hopefully had the opportunity to answer everyone's questions um, that has them today. So let's go ahead and start with a text chat question. This is um, from Stephen Morris. He says, hi all, Stephen here from England, loving window so far. 
Only problem I'm having is with my Braille display. I use a Focus 40 and connect via USB. I follow the instructions in the manual, but it doesn't display any Braille. I'm wondering if the fact that the display is already registered on my machine with JAWS is causing a problem. Obviously, I closed JAWS before using WindowWise. Now, for this question, I'm going to go ahead and pass the microphone to Doug Joffrey, as he might be really well qualified to help answer this question. Doug, if you're still with us, go ahead and um, take the mic and do your best to help answers, answer Stephen's question. Um, so, actually, this is Steve, not Doug, but um, Doug is actually on a call at the moment, so you get me. Um, basically, with some third-party Braille displays, um, they do require that the drivers from the display manufacturers be installed before WindowEyes will be able to actually communicate with them. Uh, the Focus is one such unit. Um, I'm not going to go into a lot of the, the politics here, but needless to say, the manufacturer of that particular line of displays is very antagonistic towards us and uh, hasn't been very forthcoming with new information about their displays in some time. But we do have a set of drivers based on the last APIs that we got from them that um, I will post here in the text chat area in just a moment uh, once I get off the microphone. But in short, install those drivers once you have them and then uh, restart your machine if necessary. And then if you've got WindowEyes configured to use your focus display via USB, then it should begin to work. Um, if it does, great. If it doesn't, unfortunately, there may not be too much else that we can do on our side. But, um, you know, if it comes to that, then we can go from there. Thank you, Steve, for that helpful reply. And just to add, I'm going to read a post that was on our GW info list. And if we've not yet mentioned this, there are free support options through the GW info list. It's a public mailing list. And once you get subscribed, you can submit your questions or comments there and interact with the WindowWise community. And someone asked about their Focus Braille display, and this was a response from Doug, which I think is very insightful. I'm just going to go ahead and read it real quick here. The biggest issue is Freedom Scientific will not communicate with us in any way regarding WindowWise support for any Freedom Scientific Braille display. In the past, we had an acceptable communication which allowed us to create a WindowWise driver based on their application programming interface, API. Their API has not changed in years and is our only interface into Freedom Scientific displays. They will not communicate with us or update this API in any way. Therefore, we are left with what we have. Typically, a Braille display manufacturer will create their own WindowWise driver because they know best how to communicate with it and can keep the driver updated as new displays and updates are released. There is no fee involved in creating WindowWise uh, Braille drivers, and apparently Freedom Scientific has no desire to create a WindowWise Braille display driver. So that's just a little bit of the background story that Steve kind of touched on there, um, and, and some of the reasons why you might not have as, as feature-rich of an experience with the Freedom Scientific Braille display as you will with Braille displays from other manufacturers. Uh, one other thing um, that we also want to add, if you install WindowWise using the custom install and in the screen asking for your default Braille display, if you select a Focus or I believe a PacMate display, we will install those extra drivers automatically so that you don't need to do that. Welcome to this demonstration of a nifty idea that I'm not quite sure why I didn't do before. 
and that is purchasing a wristband to turn my iPod Nano 6th generation into a watch that of course you can wear on your wrist. So in this demonstration I'm actually going to describe both the watch band that I got and also to a quick refresher on what the iPod Nano 6th generation looks like as it hasn't been around for a couple of years now. But you can still buy the iPod Nano 6th generation on eBay and you can definitely still buy the watch band that I've got either from the company's own website and of course also via eBay. So let me describe the iPod Nano 6th generation. The one that I've currently got is the 8 gig iPod Nano 6th gen and I believe you can also get it in a 16 gig version as well. So the iPod Nano is a square shape and if I hold it in such an orientation that I have the original 30 pin connector at the bottom then at the top of the iPod Nano 6th gen on the left I have two round buttons volume up and volume down and over on the right hand side at the top edge I have the power on off or sleep button if you like and as I said at the bottom of the iPod Nano you have the original 30 pin connector and over on the right hand side next to the connector is the 3.5mm headphone jack. If I turn it over on the back of the iPod Nano 6th gen is the clothing clip to attach it to your belt, clothing etc. And of course the front face of the iPod Nano is taken up by the touch screen. And of course the left and right hand edges of the iPod Nano 6th gen are just smooth. There's no ports on either side. The actual watch band that I got was the aluminium watch wristband from Lunatic and that's www.lunatic.com and the way the watch band actually works is that there's an aluminium chassis that you unscrew and insert the iPod Nano 16 into and then screw it back together and where those screws are that actually opens up and closes the aluminium chassis is also where the actual watch band on either side connects and the watch band that I've got is a black leather wristband it's fairly wide to compensate for the actual width if you like of the Nano itself and rather than having your traditional holes in little wristbands this has got long thin inserts that you put of course the pin to tighten or loosen the wristband depending on what your comfort level is but I must admit it's actually a very nice watch band to have on your wrist I find it doesn't sweat that much because it's leather and the Nano on least on my wrist doesn't take up too much space on my wrist the other thing I like about the aluminium chassis is that it's actually raised up around the iPod Nano 6th generation itself so really I've got this aluminium edge around the watch and then inside it is the Nano and the way it's orientated on my wrist is that the volume up and volume down and the power button that's the side closest to my left hand and then the rear if you want to call it that or the bottom of the iPod Nano is closest to my left elbow 
So I've got the 30 pin connector and the 3.5mm headphone jack at the back. Again, as I said, pointing to my left elbow. Now remember the iPod Nano 6th generation, like the iPod Nano 7th generation, doesn't actually have an internal speaker. So when you're using it, you need to plug in a 3.5mm earphone of some kind to listen to the output of the iPod Nano 6th gen. Now the earpods that I currently use are the ones that came with my iPhone and they're the ones that have the little clicker on the wire of one of the earpods so that I can turn the volume up and down, start and stop, music, etc. And they work quite well. But for this demonstration I've actually got an external speaker plugged into the Nano which is still sitting on my wrist. Now because of the orientation of the iPod Nano on my wrist when it comes to using the voiceover gestures on the iPod Nano 6th gen, I have to remember that I've got the iPod Nano in a slightly different orientation. So rather than the iPod Nano being left to right in front of me, if you like, i.e. with the 30-pin connector down the bottom and the volume and power button at the top, it's actually sideways across my wrist. So when I'm doing a one-finger flick left or right on the iPod Nano screen, what I'm really doing is a one finger flick towards me, that would be a right finger flick, and the left finger flick would be a finger flick away from me. Okay, because I, again, as I said, I've got the iPod Nano across my wrist rather than, as I said, the right way up. So let me wake it up. I'm just going to press the power button again, closest to my left hand. 9.46 a.m. Status bar item. Okay, so that's the time. And then I'm going to do a one finger flick to the right. So I'm actually flicking towards me. 72% battery power. Status bar item. Okay, so that's the battery status. Now playing. That's now playing. Music. That's the icon for music. Radio. That's the radio for the FM radio. Fitness. That's the fitness icon for the pedometer clock. That's the clock and that also includes a stopwatch and timer as well besides the time and date. Audiobooks. Audiobooks. Settings. That's settings. And that boink noise of course meant that it was the end. Now if I had my iPhone earpods plugged in with the clicker on the iPod wire I would also have voice memo in there as well because I can also use it as a recording device to record memos that of course I can then sync back to my Mac. I'm not going to go through all the icons, I just want to show you if you want to where you can actually adjust the rate of voiceover on the iPod Nano 16 itself. So let me do one finger flick to the left, so I'm actually flicking away from my body. Settings. There's settings, one finger double tap. Settings. About. And of course that one finger double tap is the usual gesture that you would also use for voiceover on iOS, i.e. iPhone, iPod Touch or iPad. So one finger flick to the right, remember I'm flicking back towards me. Music. General. That's general, one finger double tap. General. Wallpaper. One finger flick to the right or towards me again. Home screen. And by the way, that home screen is where you can determine what items you actually want on your home screen. Date and time. Accessibility. There's accessibility, one finger double tap. Accessibility. Voiceover. 
Okay, there's voiceover, one finger flick to the right or towards me. Mono audio, switch, button, off. Okay, also has mono audio. White on black, switch, button, off. And you can toggle white and black on or off as well. Okay, you're at the end of the screen. So let me flick back to the left or flick away from your front finger to get back to voiceover. Mono audio, voiceover. Okay, one finger double tap on voiceover. Voiceover, speak hints, switch, button, off. Okay, now as you can tell, I've got my hints turned off in voiceover. If I turn them back on again, one finger double tap. Speak hints, on. Okay, now if I do one finger flick to the right or towards me. Speaking rate. Speaking rate 20%. Adjustable. Swipe up or down to adjust. Okay, so the hints will give us more information. So I'm going to leave that on for the moment. So now I'm going to adjust the rate. So I'm going to do a one finger flick up and down. Remember the, the orientation of my iPod Nano 6 Gen. So I'm going to do a flick to the right to increase. Speaking rate 30%. Okay, so if I was doing one finger flick up, we will do one finger flick down or to the, my left. Speaking rate 20%. Okay, so if I keep flicking up. Speaking rate. Right. Speaking rate 40%. Speaking rate 50. Speaking rate 60%. I'll do it quicker. Spe speaking rate 100%. Okay, up to 100%. So I'm going to do a flick to the left or flick down to slow it down. Speaking rate 90%. Speaking sp speaking rate 50%. Speak speaking rate 30%. Speaking rate 20%. Okay. If you want to go back to the previous screen, it's a two-finger flick to the right, or screen in my dimmed. case, a two-finger flick towards me. So I'll do that now. Accessibility. VoiceOver. Okay, so I've gone back on the screen. Or if I want to quickly jump back to the main home screen, if I do a one-finger double tap and hold. Home. Music. Double tap to open. Okay, I've gone back to the main home screen. Okay, so let me just press the power button to put it to sleep. Screen off. Now, just remember about the iPad Nano 6 Gen, you can definitely still use it with iTunes on your Mac or PC. You can also enable disk use in iTunes so that you can also use the iPod Nano 6 Gen as a USB stick if you also wish. And just finally, remember that the iPod Nano 6 Gen again has got that 30 pin connector. So what I've been able to do on mine is I've actually got most of my 30 pin cables are still in use and I've just got an adapter which adapts my 30 pin cables down to a lightning connector so I can still use those cables also on my lightning connector based iPhone, iPod Touch and iPad. So that concludes this demonstration of turning your iPod Nano 6th generation into a watch that you can wear. I hope you've enjoyed listening to the demo and as usual thanks for listening and bye for now. On behalf of the entire Main Menu staff, I'd like to thank you for being with us today here on Main Menu. We'll look forward to seeing you back again next week. Meantime, you have a good week, and we'll see you soon.